All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of the Senpai Kohai Podcast. It's your boy Trey, and newest to the garden, brought to you by Nana and Father. It is the newest driver of the Frank Suits, Stephen. Stephen, what's <laughs> going on with you? Ed, clearly, I am watching Darling and the Franks for the first time ever because you are just excited about this. As a matter of fact, like we we, we didn't. We got no chill. We're going straight into the episode with me talking about my experiences with Darling and the Franks. And uh, I got no beef with that because uh, I got things to say about the first three episodes <laughs> of Darling and the there, Franks, which, uh, yeah. There's a lot in there to unpack. It, it starts off pretty hot and heavy it, in every way, in every way. I, I just I have like like I just remember watching it and I, and I really like it. I, I like it a lot so far. Of course, it's Trigger. Uh, my favorite studio and it's uh it seems to be well written and voiced as far as i can tell but god damn did i just have like all all night last night because uh because like to, to give some background i was extremely tired last night and i decided that i'm gonna play a game on my cell phone just my cell phone which by the way this will le- i'll talk about the game i was playing later on but i was playing a game and i, I passed out face first into that motherfucker and just like I woke up because my hot my face was hot and it turned out my phone was just still melting, on like the game your the game the game was like working my phone out and apparently in my face too which sounds way weirder than I intended it to but okay we're moving on I wake up and I say all right fine I'm going to bed early but I can't go to sleep without watching something and my dumb ass decided I'm going to start a brand new anime series that Trey has not stopped talking about since the day we met and watch it subtitled when I should be going to sleep. So I probably watched the first three episodes, maybe like three and a half episodes of a Darling in the Franks instead of going to bed early like I intended. But I got to say, I don't I don't ultimately regret it aside from the sleep deprivation. Um it's beautiful and the action is fantastic um but the characters are 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 something to behold like the main guy i so what i expected from the main guy uh hero i believe his name is Mm -hmm. was not what i got like i got super like sad boy vibes from hero from the get-go like they're like he's talking about this these like birds that can't fly without each other and shit like that which i totally i get like applies to the world that they and like the system of their their mechs but he's just like hanging around in a garden being sad and like a naked chick peers and he's still like sad boy vibes going on. And I'm like, dude, this is a great moment for you. Um, <laughs> it's it, like, it's just narratively it's weird... and literally, this is a great moment for you. Yeah. Just, I, I don't know. He, he kind of had like, like, what did I say in the discord earlier? He had that early two thousands emo live journal poet uh, vibe going on. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. You tell your friends about your poetry on live journal yeah it's i don't know it's just it was it was hard because like i really want to like the main character in a series like that's really what sells me and uh hero's not selling it yet but we're three episodes in zero two is a a hottie with a body she has got the skills that pay the bills i know you got a third one you got a third one i know i do (laughs) it's gotta be a third one Oh no, I, I'm not that creative. Uh, oh man. Uh, oh, uh, the attributes that. Nope, that's not it. That's not it. I don't got it. The, the, the fries that'll cross your eyes. 
and that's all that, that rise it'll cross your eyes okay i'll take it that's a that's a solid that's a solid limerick if you will but uh no i, I get why zero two is is a huge like she's liked a lot based off episode like three episodes in i hate all the other fucking kids for the most part um the only ones i like are uh goro who has pretty much like you know nice guy vibes going on and he's got to talk about four times um and then uh miku who's kind of like the the bubbly like doesn't really have a care in the world kind of character like she reacts to the annoying overly uh competitive kid that she's partnered up with and like has a moment where she's like hey that's rude but for the most part she's like whatever i don't really care like he apologizes to her and she's like whatever it is what it is like we we got it worked out that's all that matters and i'm like man miku i get you i get you i like miku also she i like i like her pink mech like uh it's 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 badass um then like what do you what do you have like the weird like like a stoic guy that's with the girl that clearly doesn't like doing what they're doing because you know the the way it works is very ava in style which makes sense like a bunch of the trigger guys are from gynex so they've been around that same lore and stuff like that so i wouldn't i, I wouldn't be like i'm not surprised that they wouldn't try to take do their own take on that same kind of story because it is very reminiscent of eva to a certain degree it has some promised neverland vibes going on with the whole like everybody grew up in an orphanage called the garden and no one knows where they came from or their parents and they're raised for a specific purpose uh for these like nondescript mysterious characters of, of papa that they serve it's 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 very it's very menacing to me but uh i'm digging it so far it's it's got some kill a kill vibes to it with like some of the like a gallantry associated with it and I, i'm i'm digging it everything I, I like i'm liking the look of the show but the characters are just really not selling it for me yet and i and i hope they do but i do like red-haired handler chick nana she is a hottie and i oh, yeah. like i'm hope i'm hoping i get misato vibes because like ava was a lot of things for me but misato is like my shining north star of i love it i love misato no matter how broken and and like dysfunctional she is she was the only good thing in Ava. Mm-hmm. Only good thing. And, uh, and that red outfit. I say that very biased. Because I hate uh, I hate Ava. As mm. big as I am in a mix, I hate Ava. But, uh, dude, but I... We, oh, go ahead. I don't, I don't like your girl, man, though. We talked about this in the Discord. Oh, yeah. I do not like Ichigo. Ichigo is not... I'm not feeling Ichigo at all. Ichigo grows. She, uh, Everybody grows. You, you hate I hope so. First. But everyone grows. You get moments where it's like, good. Everyone gets to have their moments. And it's it's nice. It's very, very wholesome by the end where it's like, I'm going <laughs> to miss you guys. I hope y'all are okay. It's like, really wholesome is the vibe you're, you get by the end? I, I don't know if I can believe that. Because right now with like the first three episodes in my belt, like clearly there's a very like sexual or like kind of association with how this oh. all works. Oh, it's awful. And like, really weird. Yeah. It, it, yeah it's already like super weird to a degree like don't get me wrong i like i get it i don't care i'm not a prude but it's noticeable and all i all i can see is like this feels like ntr training wheels the anime like at times like it, like clearly one girl doesn't get along with her partner and it doesn't like what they're doing um you know i just i and then of course it's like oh 
you're my darling, but I want you to go partner up with this other person and fight. And it, it feels very icky. And yeah. so it, it really feels very NTR-ish. And uh, so I'm curious to see where it goes, but it's it's like, oof, this is a... This is an interesting watch. Like I'm not saying it's bad, like in any way. Like I'm, I'm digging it. And Ichigo may annoy me at the moment, but primarily because of her clear crush on Hero, trying to force it, and like her try hard attitude of ignoring, like, like kind of, and and nobody knows what a kiss is, so that's also super weird. Um, yeah, it just it has some, it has some weird vibes going on. And Ichigo is such a try hard, and. It, I don't know. Like I just, she seems so driven and such mm-hmm. like like an assertive character. For her to not just like outright admit that she likes him is a little jarring for the character development for me. Like, man, I went whole hog into the analysis right out the gate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. we're already eight minutes in. I, I only I only started with the intro, and then you just kind of raw dogged it. I didn't. <laughs> you you uh, I didn't you've talked that. like maybe like 45 <laughs> seconds and i'm just gonna keep talking over you damn it no like i just like i felt this thing i was i was awake like i i fell asleep playing a game on my phone but i was awake for darling and the franks and then uh i'm here for it like i might have that shit done by the end of the week it's 24 I hope, episodes i hope you do it's very short me me and a friend watched it at first and i, I invited him over and i was like dude i'm about to start this anime you want to come watch it he's like yeah man and i i got us a couple beers and uh I was like, yeah, man, Darling the Franks, it's like a mech anime, dude. It's pretty sick. And we got it, and they got in that first position to drive the mech. Mm. And I paused it, and I went and got us another set of beers. And I was like, I think we're going to need more. I don't I don't know <laughs> how we're going to get through this one. So we made a we made a night called I Hate Anime Night <laughs> where we kept watching Darling and the Franks because of, of how they kept <laughs> positioning everybody. But it was good. This I is uh, this is this is kind of like whenever you invite your friends over to watch High School of the Dead, and you're like zombies and anime. This shit's gonna be tight. And then you realize how much tits and ass is in that show as you're watching it, and oh, you're like, God. oh, this is slightly uncomfortable. Who, like, who made this? Oh, it was a hentai artist. Oh, oh everybody's oh. pants are off. Everybody's like, pants are off. <laughs> that that samurai chick's in a naked apron. Like, what the hell is happening? I thought we were fighting zombies. Like, it's just it's. I I love High School of the Dead, and it's a shame they never really got to finish it in in the right way. I think the creator passed away. Um, oh no! Yeah, I, don't quote me on that. I'm I I think that's the case, but I need to double check. Um, it's kind of like a like a recovery of a of an MMO junkie. Which got an mm-hmm. anime, and I really liked it, and I like what they did to kind of like, kind of put a bow on it, even though the series wasn't technically done. Like the creator, uh, the creator got really sick, and she uh, they put it on hiatus, and it's been on hiatus for a long time. I don't think she's passed away or anything like that. But I just don't think like further chapters have been made at this point. Um, so wow. the anime was really well done, and they put a bow on it in a good way that it, you could continue it if it does eventually happen. But man, that, like now I'm just thinking about all the creators of like series that I love that have like passed away. Not just Kentaro Miura, but like uh, the author of Kaze no Stigma, which is a light novel series that got an anime and it was so damn good. And it's just a shame. There's certain stories that just won't end because, you know, the creators passed away. And ah. anyways, on that somber note, uh, I have analyzed Darling in the Franks. I've talked about a, a random topic of... Uh, you know stories that we will never see the end of 
Uh, on a brighter note, we are talking about a lot of things tonight. We're gonna we're gonna hit our our usual like what are we watching? Clearly, we know what I'm watching, um, but we're, on what we're playing. But we're also gonna be covering the main topic of game of the year for 2021. And in this case, we're gonna be covering what we view as our game of the year, not just game of the year that was released in 2021. Though, incidentally, mine is. What about you, Trey? Like, was yours released this year? No, I think mine was released before I was born. Oh Ooh. shit! Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, like I think I I think I know what game you're talking about, and I'm pretty sure I hit a copy of it at the BX when I was a kid, so I could buy it. Oh, wow! Maybe like under at the PX. Yeah. So when I was a kid growing up on. Uh, Air Force bases. Um, for those that don't know, uh, I'm a I'm a huge military brat. Like I grew up in the military. My whole family has been in the military. I've been in the military. Um, a BX, which is uh, short for base exchange. He uh, and you can tell Trey's affiliation because he's, he's oh. a PX, which is post exchange. Oh, you got um, me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize there's a difference. I didn't realize there's a yeah, difference. There is. There is a difference. Uh, it's the dumbest thing in the world, but it does. I still I grew up remembering that. Uh, but yeah, so one of the things is they have this, their electronic zone is, their electronic department is called the power zone. And Ooh, I, uh, I used to, uh, like, I re I remember going to that place and getting CDs and like the, I remember the actual uh, institution of the parental advisory sticker on CDs. Like, I remember a period before that existed and after it existed. Mm-hmm. Where where the BX actually enforced it? Where I tried to go buy. I think what, what did I try to buy? Oh, I remember. I tried to buy the Dangerous Mind soundtrack, and they wouldn't let me buy it without my my uh, my parents' permission at the time. Wow! I want that. Just I mean, let that sink to, in. I guess, so th those guys yeah. are pretty strict. That if they don't follow the rules, that's their ass. So they care yeah, a little bit more uh, than just civilian stores. So. Oh yeah, there's a lot more rules, and there and, and there's a lot more accountability on on base. Um, I still remember. God damn, I remember that area because we had old. Do you remember the old school PC game boxes that they came in big cardboard boxes? Oh yeah, those are cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Metal we, Jesus. They used rocks. to have a whole bunch. Oh, go ahead. What? Oh, Metal, Metal Jesus. Jesus rocks. No, no. Anything I say does not matter at this point. What did you say? So there's this uh, retro collector on YouTube named Metal Jesus Rocks. Um, he's a big PC game box collector. And I mean, I, I never had a PC like that or anything. A lot of, a lot of older stuff. If it wasn't Nintendo or PlayStation, I didn't have it. Um, but I, I always appreciate it. And so sometimes he shows off those collections and it's just always incredible to see like those things. Like how did people get that and just use it? What, what was the purpose? It just, insane yeah like beyond just collector's editions that we get now they had way more just girth and art and anything to them you use the I don't word know if girth, girth was the right yeah it's probably uh, no it's uh, it's accurate it is an accurate oh. description no no it's, it's an accurate description of pc games and their boxes and everything included back in the day it was a lot of access to a two degree but there was some value in it. Like, for instance, like the original Warcraft RTS games 
the lore that like World of Warcraft is built on and everything actually was included in the instruction manual. So you would get a you would get an instruction manual that was like like I don't know like three quarters of an inch thick, uh, maybe a little bit bigger. That small Hardy had, Boy book. Yeah, it it really was. It really was. It was like you know just a, a really basic kind of like a uh, little mini thick book, and it included the lore that went along with the actual game. So while the game itself was just an RTS and you could kind of figure it out from basic functions, if you wanted to know about the world that they were existing in, why these like factions were fighting, you had to read the, the book that was included with the, the game. Mm-hmm. And that, that extended onto like Warcraft two and, and beyond. I think Diablo had similar stuff. Blizzard was really on point. It's a shame what they're going through these days, but Blizzard used to create some great games with some great lore and like really just kind of they really set the standard in the PC world for like what you need to include in your games to exist. I also remember the uh, existence of anime in PC ROM form. So like when I was in oh God, good Lord, was I think I was in sixth grade, maybe, maybe a little obscure younger Obscure store reference coming soon from a- <laughs> From a Stephen near Bite you. me. I was gonna. I was gonna talk about Babbage's, but now I'm not. You're. It's off limits now. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, <laughs> like I'm gonna name them all, but I was gonna. I was even gonna drop a Walden books on you, but you don't get it anymore. None for nope. you. No one does. It's probably shut down. Nah. <laughs> it is. It's gone. Like Borders and Barnes and Noble killed them. It doesn't matter. Anyways, um they would release anime on like PCC ROMs and you could watch it. And one of the ones they had was Dominion take police by, uh, was it Masamune Shiro? He, uh, like, and that was, that was a way you could watch certain like unique things back then. It wasn't just anime. There was other stuff too. Leisure suit. Larry was really big back in the day. I remember finding like, this is absolutely like late nineties when you could find an equal amount of adult content mixed in with normal content. So, so being a kid or a teenager in this case is very titillating at this era. I, I absolutely adore it. I wish we weren't nearly as uh, puritanical as we have become. Cause it, it feels, it feels like it's a, like a lot of people are like, Oh, we're pretty open-minded these days. And I'm like, I don't know if we're like 1980s, nineties kind of open-minded or were we just uninformed? I don't know. doesn't matter, but yeah, it was a wild time. And, uh, my guess is that your game of the year is from the past. Wait, wait, is the wait, one... wait. What? Oh, okay. What? I about... I'm not going to reveal it. That. Holy okay. shit. Cool. Cool. I'm not going to reveal it. I'm... No, no, we're, we're getting there. I'm, I know how to play the long Ooh. game, my friend. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> you look like you're having a conniption over there. I was. No, saying, don't um, dog my game of the year. Don't do that. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going to do that to you, man. All right. So with that, what are you playing, my friend? I haven't played a damn thing all week at all. Oh, that's actually. right. That's right. I, yeah, uh, you've been busy. I've had a pretty busy, pretty busy week, but nothing's changed for me. Uh, gaming schedule wise. I'm still in between, um, final fantasy 13 and Castlevania, but I'm probably going to shelf Castlevania because the halo infinite campaign has came out and, I, me and my brother have both waited pretty long. We're both big Halo fans. So I'm prob, I've actually activated my game pass. Um, Good I'm, for you. Yes. Yeah. So I am, uh, I'm now part of, uh, I am now Phil Spencer's right nut 
and Steven is left. <laughs> and so I, uh, I'm going to be playing Halo Infinite. Pretty excited for that. It's probably going to be, well, actually it is, according to my list of games, the most recent game I'll ever okay. have played. Like, yeah, to date. But uh, what are you playing? That's uh, That's all I got. Okay, so I'm before we get to what I'm playing, we will at least acknowledge the existence of something that we all shared today, and it is uh, the Nintendo Switch stats. The year in review oh, has come that's out. That's right. That's right. So you may not be playing much different, but we did get a glimpse into what Trey has experienced throughout the year. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and spoil it. My stats were terrible. Absolutely terrible. I think I only played 48 games this year. I only put 152 hours in, according to the stats. I, for those that don't know, there is a Nintendo at the end of the year, if you're a Switch user, will send out a year-in-review kind of email that has a cool little infographic that shows you like the, the top three games that you spent the most time playing this year. And they'll also show you your top three games that you played last year and how much time you spent playing that. Um, it'll tell you how many games you played in total throughout 2021 and it, it, it's just like a fun little infographic and uh, you know kind of like uh what is it spotify's your interview and like i yeah, think nintendo uh, wrapped and everything like yeah you know, just just a, a how you did and how how you did with everything yeah and uh and so mine is terrible primarily because i didn't learn how to actually get back into video gaming and finishing games until I took on that terrible bet with Nathan and Trey and actually managed to finish our, uh, my first book club game of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, after that, I definitely turned in some time. Uh, I, I think I, what I, I think we talked about it on the podcast a little bit, but uh, I put in some time on uh, Super Smash Brothers with the boys. Um, that ended up being in my top three. And then uh, what the heck? What was the other one? Oh, Lord. I'll have to check it while you're telling me about your. I think it was Tell Animal us Crossing. your stats. No, it was not. Don't you dare. You're the one with the, was, the 110 the hours of Animal Crossing. Your last Oh, one yeah. Was forager. So for me, I spent, what was it? 304 hours, which was really disappointing. Uh, I'd spent 593 last year. But I played Jeez. some big games last year on the Switch, so it's understandable. Uh, seeing as how like two of the games were 100-hour games last year, um, I play. I'm only gonna give my top two because the other one is my game of the year. Uh, one of them is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Spent 52 hours mm -hmm. on that, and the other one was No More Heroes. I spent 27 hours on that which surprised wow. me. I didn't realize I spent so much time in it, but that's really disappointing. I I definitely thought I would have spent more time in other games, but I I guess I played a lot of indie games on my Switch mm -hmm. and just not many long games. Um but compared to last year, so my wife was playing my Switch and she racked up 110 hours in Animal Crossing. So that definitely boosted <laughs> my uh, my game time. Yeah, and which the boys will never let you live down. No. Absolutely I, not. I hate Animal Crossing, so I can't do that. <laughs> and funny. I put 98 hours in Xenoblade Chronicles the year before and 80 hours in Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Sharp FE Encore. Um, which I think I'm going to play again. Because... God damn, that was good. But 
yeah, that uh, I definitely had some slam, some bangers the year before. Um, but I don't know. Just anytime, not, any, not a anytime you ones. get into those, anytime you get into those like long winded RPGs, like you boost your gameplay time. The, oh, the reality yeah. is, I put like I had 152 hours right mm-hmm. into my like overall play time for the year, which is it's pretty low. It's pretty low. Like that, that's pretty low for me in general. Like, uh, I mean, I think the previous year I did like 297. Um, clearly this was a rough year. Either that, or I just watched a lot more anime. Can't really tell which one or read a lot of manga. Let's, let's be real. I read a lot of manga. I have talked that's about manga at, at length, uh, throughout the year with the boys and, and, uh, shout out to my boy, Will for giving me some great, suggestions of manga this uh, this uh this last week um which i will talk about here in a bit um but 60 of those hours of 152 was fire emblem three houses and i feel like i rushed through that game like there's multiple paths through the story there's a lot more grinding you can do and i really i think i ground i only like grinded levels for probably about three or four battles and that's it like I, other than that i just played the game Mm-hmm. and uh that that's wild to me is like that because i i know like jack and and uh daryl have both put in like 120 140 hours into that game and uh oh they, they they've just, also done multiple paths too they are yeah fair fair they point. are a little further along this was both of our first time playing the games so we uh we only got the first 60 but next time we could uh we can add on to that absolutely um forager was a great one-off experience from an indie studio it's basically like what if you made it extremely simple and sped up all the the gathering and crafting stuff in a game and then like this is a thing that you can do unlocks pretty quick um i know people have played forager for like 65 hours and stuff like that but honestly if you're just looking at base base level interaction decent gaming skills you can you can put about 20 25 hours in the game and get through most of the stuff um super smash is just like fun with friends um but yeah my switch my switch uh i guess recap was pretty straightforward and understandable next year i'm planning to get more in i'm gonna get i'm gonna do more i'm gonna finish more i got that tokyo mirage sessions behind me i got the world ends with you final remix i got the uh, neo the world ends with you like part two um I, I, that's actually not the name of it it's like half the name of it i'm just making up versions of it doesn't matter uh what else do i have i got xenoblade chronicles definitive edition to finish i'm only on like i just i got past like the second area i'm still way way far from the end of this game you haven't got anywhere just start over you no. just might as well start over you're gonna have no, to I you're refuse. gonna have forgotten I... how everything goes no there's a there's a like a story summary and shit uh how i put 40 hours into the game already oh you oh the main big story okay okay i got you yeah like i i've put i put 40 hours in that game doing like side quests and monster hunts and shit like that already and i had like the main story is like really where i need to live and, and i got that down i know where i'm at on that one um but what is it uh xenoblade chronicles 2 i haven't even played that i've owned that longer than De- xenoblade chronicles definitive edition which is just embarrassing at this point no that's um, what so, i need yeah. to get to as well I, I have a lot to work through. I that that's just the icing on the cake. That's not even that's not even the the, the moist insides of the cake. Don't make that face. The word moist applies to cake. 
Yeah, it does. But it doesn't apply to playing your games. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, And all right. So with that said, we've wrapped up the Switch stats and we're kind of moving on to what I've been playing, which is honestly a whole lot of nothing as well. It's been a tight week. It's the holiday season. Lots of shopping to do. Lots of decorations. I did start up the Halo Infinite campaign. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody because it's great so far. And uh, (laughs) yeah, you didn't know I did that? No, I didn't know you were playing Halo. Bro, I Let's... okay. So real quick, before we get, it, we're gonna get to the game of the year. Like we're just gonna say, skip up. I've talked about my anime I'm watching, and you, you you've been busy, so you probably haven't been watching any anime. I'm almost done with God of High School, but really, that's it. I'm still watching that. Okay, but, but Halo. Right. So, so you're playing Halo? Yes. Um, this started out by joining the Halo Infinite uh, multiplayer beta. I guess like before the campaign was released. You joined the beta, um, and we didn't talk about it. it no, no, I've been holding off on it. I wanted to, I want to save it for a surprise. Surprise. No, no, that. Look, color me surprised. Color you surprised. You should be surprised because the last time I played a Halo game, I played Halo Combat Evolved multiplayer on a CRT TV with classic Xbox controllers with a piece of cardboard literally taped in the center of a CRT TV so no one could screen watch. I That's the last time I played a Halo. I, I'm disgusted, but I'm glad you had a good time. Because <laughs> I, I understand how screen watching is bad. I, I get it. Look, that was a different time. And you you were you were just like in your diapers, man. You don't you don't even remember. I remember getting into trouble. <laughs> We uh, Halo was big at our house. Whenever uh, we got our Xbox 360, we all played Halo Three, and my little cousins would play, and they were bad about screen watching. And so uh, mm-hmm. we, me and my brother, adapted to kind of looking down. So we would memorize the map and just kind of look down and just kind of get it to where okay, I know where we're at. All right, come meet me over yeah. here. And so we would just look down and then just kind of go where we're going. And it was a, uh, it was fun. It was but, a it was a different time. I worked I worked at a miniature golf course at the time, and I made some friends in the city I was living in while I was going to college, and uh, th- that's how we hung out. We hung out like I found a, a friend that loved anime and video games, and I found a couple other guys that were in the same thing that were in my class, and we all met up, and it was like we we would play Halo in this dingy room with like this old school CRT TV, and uh, two of these guys were some screen watching bitches. So we had to put up the cardboard piece so they couldn't do that shit on Team Slayer. I'm just like, it was unacceptable to be that shitty. So that's what we had to do. (laughs) It's like, it's like every time I told that story, people were like, really? Cardboard? Like, like there was another choice. There was no Xbox Live there. Like when you got together and played a multiplayer game, you were all in the same room looking at the same fucking screen. Goldeneye applied too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's so wild, but uh, yeah, no. So I played uh, multiplayer Halo for the first time in probably close to twenty years. I think they 20 just celebrated years. twenty yes. or twenty-five. I think anniversary. Absolutely, man. That's ah. good stuff. That's good stuff. Man, numbers numbers make me feel terrible. Numbers can hurt. <laughs> Never do the math. Never do the math. Uh, like if, if that's the rule. That is the rule in life. Don't ever do the math. Um, 
but yeah, no. So I joined in. I, I absolutely tanked. I was horrible, and I got murdered every time I thought I was doing okay. And but then the the campaign was released, and I was very happy with with what I experienced so far. And I'm going to continue to experience some more. Anyways, that's that's pretty much the extent of my journey so far. Uh, without further ado, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes. Trey, I'm going to let you start with your game of 2021. My game of 2021. Now, I had quite a few games. I think I've even beaten more games than I watched anime. But as I went back and looked at it, I this was a year that I had played quite a few of my uh, 3DS games. And so I guess that's why I had so less of a, of Switch games, I guess. And a couple mm-hmm. PS PS4 games are on here too, so that's kind of what it was. I, I wasn't quite all on my uh, Switch and PC yet, but um, yeah, because you were putting the PS4 to bed, weren't you? Yeah, I was getting ready to wrap that up. I was I was getting done with my uh, my PC or my PS4, and yeah, so just kind of wrapping up these other systems so that I could finally stay down to my Switch and my PC. I kind of wanted to keep just to these two systems, and. I'm finally starting to see that. I'm excited to see what I kind of play next year. But right now, for my game of the year, it's going to be Final Fantasy VII. I fucking knew it. it I knew it. It was a close tie <laughs> between Final Fantasy VII, Persona 5 Royal, Hollow Knight, and Bioshock. I had a really hard time choosing between those guys but final fantasy 7 was so good like it it slapped on the story the music (laughs) the simple gameplay like i I, the only thing i could really complain about was the atv that's but that's just kind of something i always hate um apart from that it it i thought it was way more manageable than persona 5 um it was a little bit more in depth than bioshock and it was a lot less frustrating than hollow knight and i was like well i guess with all that it's gotta be final fantasy 7 out of all All these ones um so so do you feel like uh persona 5 really kind of stepped out by being so many systems and so complicated that it it really kind of turned you away like it was like not that it was bad it it just was a lot yeah, yeah, no, it was, it's amazing. I loved Persona 5, but it was cumbersome with what mm-hmm. it brought to the table and what you had to manage and what you had to accept that you couldn't do. That is still kind of a hurtful thing that you have to go back and put in another hundred hours to where you can get the rest of this game. I mean, yeah. and that's if you even I- speed run it to where you can get the different endings or the other royal content to get whoever you want to be with and that's i don't know that's it's a lot a lot to a lot to think about a lot to handle yeah i i i found my in my experience of persona 5 which i'm still playing by the way um it it, it is a lot there so there is an entire mechanic in that game that i still can't really seem to figure out how to do or actually utilize uh like there's a gift giving mechanic in there that helps with like your social ranks and and like kind of like how you get to know people 
and mm-hmm. I I have tons of gifts. I have no idea how to give them to people. Um, but that's the thing. It's like you have any. There, there's so so many characters and time frames to manage. So unlike a Final Fantasy, in the case of Final Fantasy VII, uh, if you wanna if you wanna put in the time, if you wanna put in the, the grind time, you wanna you really wanna like extend your game, you can see everything. But with a game like Persona Five, because it has a like a calendar system, because it has a time frame for everything, your only option is to play the game again. And that, to me, I I feel you on that one. Like that's that's my thing. I, by no means do I think that makes Persona Five a bad game. But for me, who wants to just experience everything through in one play through, because that's what's weird. It's like essentially it's the same thing, isn't it? You just put more hours into a game, but you just start one. You start from the beginning, beginning again, but one, mm-hmm. you just keep adding hours on. Technically, it's the same experience, but for some reason it's different. And Final Fantasy seven definitely allows you to decide whether you want to play a, like a 50 hour game or like a 120 hour game. And I like that. And I almost did um, have a 50 hour game with Final Fantasy seven because I chose, I, I was grinding for Omega and Ruby weapon until I saw how arbitrary it was to actually get to him. And I was like, you know what? I actually don't need that in my life. I'm almost level 90, level 100. Now, mm-hmm. I could honestly probably take him. I'm not that worried about it. Let me just go in the game. And so. Didn't you just steamroll Sephiroth in the end because of that? Bit, yeah, it messed up the game for me to do that because there was no like weight or challenge to the Sephiroth or anything at the end of the end of the game like i just chug i I don't even think i healed i just chugged through everything (laughs) up to the bosses and i was like oh this is bad this is i should have did this earlier and like made a separate save so that i could i could experience the game and then i could go beat the uh omega and ruby weapon that would have been my best option at least but i did what i did and i'm not mad at it Oh, yeah. So, so what? What? So what? What? Why did it? Why was it the game of the year for you? I mean, we we've talked about the systems, but like, did, did like the characters affect you in a big way? Did the story really hit you hard? I think. Uh, I think the fact that I just didn't really know what Final Fantasy VII was, mm-hmm. and finally getting to understand it, and how much the story really was overall. I guess this impactful epic of a game um was just very memorable and like Mm -hmm. every time i look back on it i'm like that's so crazy and like that's on that's on any part of the story it's like wow that that was so crazy that happened in that game like i just saw a thing the other day about like zach or something i was like that's crazy like just anytime i reflect on seven it's just nuts but I, I still I still know there's pieces of this game I haven't gotten to experience. Or not this game, but this series of events through all the side games. Mm. So I'm hoping I get to... Yeah, the whole universe of Seven. And I hope I get to again someday, because the only other thing I've played is Dirt of Cerberus. But I hope, uh, I hope I get to see more so I can flesh that out and maybe know a little bit more. So do you think it deserves its place as like, considered like one of the best Final Fantasies ever? Um. Yes, at least in the top few. Yes, because I mean. Okay, so why, why, why? Ooh. So, 
That's a really good question. And you know what? I want to come back to that. I think I think once I have a couple more Final Fantasies under my belt, then I'll have some comparisons and I'll have some debate for you. Okay. But Look, I think that's a, I give you, that's I a give good you, pin. I give you this this ultimatum, this uh parameter. This, oh, okay. I want you I want you to play Final Fantasy VI all the way through with us because for those that don't know final fantasy 6 is the first book club game of next year and i've been trying to get this fool to play final fantasy 6 completely through for quite a long time so my parameter is when we finish final fantasy 6 i want you to come back and tell me why final fantasy 7 is one of the best if not the best um final fantasy to you and, and 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 prepare details because I will be in this podcast with but notes, a notebook, if, if you will, about Final Fantasy VI and why it's the fucking best. <laughs> but, but so I'm in the middle of 13 right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think right now 13 does a, a lot that 17 couldn't do. And it does it a lot better. So I, I almost, and I mean, I'm not done with the game yet. But right now, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say it. I think it's better than seven right now. Are you fucking kidding me? People uh, yeah. are gonna be heated about that. That's, like I'm gonna share that in the Discord later, and I'm just gonna watch people like fucking lose. And their that's tits. fine. That's fine. But the <laughs> the amount of influence seven had on thirteen is so undeniable. It's obvious. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. But the amount of just hurt people coming together to all join for a cause and become these terrorists against one unified being, you know, it, at its core, these are the same game. And it's, oh, would you argue? Are, for those, I, for those are, are, we, are, are we talking about Gundam 00 or are we talking about Final Ooh. Fantasy 13 or 7? Like, I'm just saying. What's the difference? Like, Anime and gaming are the same thing. I'm talking about Pokemon Platinum right now. This you, is what all the, the same thing. <laughs> so, so, okay. Like, uh, this is a slight, uh, uh, like, adjustment. Because my game of the year is not something that requires, like, some super deep thought. So, I'm not going to really waste a lot of time on it. But uh, I will go into deep details. Okay. Why the fuck do you and Daryl bring up Pokemon Platinum all the fucking time? Absolutely boggles my mind. Like, it's what supposed, is so great good. about it's this good. game? I'm sure you've told me before. Is this the one where, you, like, you go and, like, you fight Red later on or something? Oh, that's Crystal. Crystal is where you go and fight Red, yeah. So, all the Pokemon Red, not Pokemon Red, Pokemon Crystal, Gold, and uh, Silver, that's where you get to go through two different regions. You mm-hmm. get 16 badges instead of eight and you fight red who is the, uh, the embodiment of Ash. And you, he has like Pikachu and uh, Charizard, Blastoise, Venusaur, Snorlax. And Oh man. The fact that you remember five. that much isn't that's impressive. Oh. I'm missing one. Oh man. Pikachu, Snorlax, the starters. Oh wow. Who is it? Is it Dragonite? No, he doesn't have a Dragonite. It would have been dope if he did, but that's not canon to the story. Yeah. It would have been a 
I'll I'll look it up later. And I streamed this. I streamed doing this with a totodile. <laughs> with a totodile. I don't know why. Your, your Nuzlocks are pretty fucking amazing. I won't lie. Uh, but so, yeah. I just why Pokemon Platinum? Like, what is special about Pokemon Platinum? Crystal. Like, I get that one. It's crystal. I get crystal. Okay. Like, well, because I've heard Daryl drop Platinum before, so I just just checking. So, so Platinum has this shadow world aspect that's pretty cool that you get to travel to and fight the the ultimate legendary of the Sinnoh world and it's 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 a really cool thing i didn't actually get to play platinum i played crystal me and daryl talk about crystal a lot um but there's just a lot of nostalgia there but i mean if you play crystal and you're a big fan of pokemon you can appreciate having to go through the first region it's like oh Hey, why don't you go ahead and go to the original region too? Go get those gym badges and then go fight Ash. Huh? We like all that? we always come back to this shit. We always come back to this shit. It's <laughs> I'm gonna have to play it at some point. You got, but you got to. without without further ado, we're gonna get into my 2021 game of the year. Can you guess what it is? No, because you just threw really? it off with Pokemon. Yeah, what uh <laughs> So is the game Knight? was released this year. No, no, no. Uh, like Hollow Knight's like, uh, look, it was a tough, it was a tough call between this game and Hollow Knight because Hollow Knight is absolutely right up there. Just hand in hand with it. Like it, they, they would be the couple. They would be the prom King and the prom queen holding hands, getting flowers thrown at them, wearing mums and shit like that. But we, we talked about Hollow Knight. We talked about how much I love that, that game. But my game of the year Rise something up. else entirely. No. No. <laughs> Come on. Think of oh, look, I'm gonna give you a hint. Is Will makes me mad about it all the fucking time. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. I must be missing this. Yeah, you you're you're really not in, in the, the bubble of like the group that like actually participates in this, but my game of the year, 2021, is Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I can just hear the bones creaking in your body. Uh, no, not lame nothing. Okay, so listen. Guilty Gear Strive is literally like the epitome of like the peak fighting game experience right now you can see that in the vibe that like king of fighters is giving off and it, it coming up into this release you can see it in the new the new game dnf duel dungeon and fighter duel it's literally built in the same system but this is like such a great game built from the ground up for being extremely approachable for new players but also so complex that experienced players can make it something just, just take it to the next level. Um, but I think for me, one of the biggest reasons why it's my game of the year is it's allowed me to be extremely social with our group of friends and really introduce me, reintroduce me to online gameplay that can be fun. I've joked about it, but it is absolutely true about how much certain types of games and certain experiences have turned me off from playing online with other people, Um, let let alone with like a microphone or something like I just when I'm playing games, it is my experience is built around the interactions. So if I'm playing a game and people are shitty to me, they are horrible. They're monsters. It takes me away from the game. The game mechanics can be solid to a T. 
um i always use that i use the same the same story of the structure with like league of legends is that gameplay is solid but if the community if the people i'm playing with are so fucking horrible i don't want to play then it doesn't matter but and that's and that's the thing it's like uh, guilty gear gave me the opportunity to connect with a, a group of people that i can play a game with that has solid game mechanics solid character design solid story even and I can have fun with my friends and I can like I've had great experiences with the community, even outside of our group of friends playing online. Um, even I, I even like, oh, I, I ventured into playing online where people I allowed people to have their microphones on and stuff like that. And, you know, most people are pretty fucking cool that I've, I've interacted with. And, I, and that made me feel a lot better and reintroduced me into a side of gaming that I have ignored for a long time for fear of being treated like absolute trash because of the toxic culture of different types of gaming I didn't interact with before. So that is why it's my game of the year. There's so much to say about the game, but the biggest thing that it really sells me on is the fact that it brought me back into the fold of social gaming. It made me feel a little bit better about my online gaming experiences. And that's extremely valuable to me and uh so i now i can try things like apex legends if i want to and i'm not going to deny the fact that there isn't some shitty people out there on the internet but i feel a little bit stronger i feel a little bit better approaching it because of this experience with friends and online in general um that said there are some sexy ass designs and it's just a really good looking game um oh i i bought it full price 60 bucks out the gate you can probably get it for less now but I even bought the DLC. I got the extra characters. I got the extra colors. Doesn't matter. I'm all in on it. And uh, I know I've been gushing for like the last several minutes, but that is my game of the year 2021 with a like honorable mention of Hollow Knight, a game I'm still playing to get like extra endings and extra areas off and on. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses was my first. Like that's that's the one I, I credit to. <laughs> my stubbornness being the fuel to finish an RPG. Um, I haven't finished an RPG in a lot of years and I finally finished one. So I'm proud of it. I got like, what's your takeaway? Like, do you just not like fighting games? I do. I just, I'm just not a big fan of guilty gears drive is really what it is. I, uh, it's not one that clicks for me. I, uh, Mm -hmm. I can't move. Like I think I can when I start trying to move, and mm-hmm. when I can't, when I can't let my synapses synapse through the remote, then it's not my game. Like, I, and I, I, I don't know if I've talked about it on here to the extent that I normally do, but Dragon Ball Fighter Z really works through your fingers. Mm-hmm. Like, you can you can almost think what you want to do, and Dragon Ball Fighter Z is going to let you do it. But like. Guilty Gear Strive is one where you have to plan your controller mm. and then you you have to just work it, which, I mean, it's great. That's a lot of technical prowess to be able to do that. But with Fighter Z, you if you know your characters and you know what you can and have to do, then you can you can feel it and you can make it move, if that makes sense. Not to not to be corny. No, but 
No, no, don't don't think that's corny. That actually makes absolute sense. See, one of the things too for me is actually the source material is a feeling nature for you to actually learn the more like finesse endeavored kind of like part of the game. Like my take on Dragon Ball Fighter Z, honestly, from just like the cursory kind of like experience I have with it, is it is very welcoming because you can do things with the basic face buttons and basic directions and do some really cool stuff. It's like, if you have enough energy, even like button mashing, you can do some pretty cool stuff. The game is built around theatrics and for those high level players um, and those who love the content that it it actually represents. I think that they want to go deeper, they dive deeper, right? They want to know how to, push the right buttons at the right time to make it do what I want it to do. Where And so I feel like Dragon Ball Fighter Z is that game that you can mash away and you get to be a, a Z fighter or a Z enemy and fight in that Z style. Awesome. And there's the finesse. If you want to be an expert at it and you feel a little bit more connected to it because you love that source material for me, guilty gear, is a little bit more finesse to a T. Like there, I, I don't, I don't feel in a big way that Guilty Gear really rewards mashing, per se. And uh, I think that really that 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 kind of very technical finesse, while it it is a lot more welcoming than it used to be in the old days from like old school Guilty Gear, um, it's still fairly challenging. Like you still have to put a little work in. Um and uh, and by the way don't take don't take my my assessment of Dragon Ball Fighter Z as thinking it as a lesser game. I just think it's a different game yeah. made by the same company for different audiences. And there's nothing wrong with that. And and I actually so one of the big things is I'm really hoping for a great like sale on the the, the fighters passes cuz I want to get some of the other characters for Dragon Ball Fighter Z because I like the game a lot. Um I just need to really talk everybody into playing it again because everybody's like all like either smash or guilty right now. Yeah. We need to, we need to, we need to fold in like a delicious, like a wonderful fluffy pancake mix. We need to fold in Dragon Ball Fighter Z because I would, I'd be into it. Like I got, I got video footage of Trey putting the hurt on some people uh, it's, on Fighter it's Z at the, at the I got gathering. Into it. Yeah, I got a little too yeah. into it. <laughs> but I, I had a you, I, I had a bet on me as well like steven had on him uh that i i couldn't win a final fight so my my main character is frieza and i always save my frieza for last i i like to finish with my frieza but you do frieza is always a gamble to finish with because you can always do you can normally get a special finish with frieza if you kill him and uh our buddy Nathan was playing with me and said he was going to get it a special finish. And uh, I couldn't let that happen. So it was pretty tense trying to ensure that that. There's some tense. That, that was a tense battle. I, you know, we might, we might, we might fuck around and post a, a, a slightly fun edited version of that video. And you can listen to us in, in like a public venue uh, with our friends, just uh, halfway talking shit, admiring, sort of experiencing Trey somehow surviving because it was close. It was, that was a tense battle. Was oh a yeah. Tense battle. I'll give God, it, it was rough. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know how much Steven Nathan will appreciate it. <laughs> he, may, he may not. So what was your worst game 
of 2021. Oh, oh, mm, my worst game of 2021. So I'll give you some time to think on it. Um, yeah, you need to because I uh, please my, save me. <laughs> my worst one was Metal Max Zeno. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it on here or not, um, but it was a PSP game or a PS Vita game that got put on the PlayStation. And I played it overseas and it was one that I really enjoyed for its fast combat. It's uh it's dungeon crawling, I guess, mm-hmm. and it's tanks. You could really customize some tanks, but I mean it was real simple anime aesthetics. The only thing was that it was hella grindy for no reason. Um, they would just have random difficulty spikes. And I mean, that's fine. It's it's a portable game. You're supposed to be able to just turn it on and grind and turn it back off. But um, this was my second time to beat it or to try and beat it. So the first time and the second time I got to the same part, I only did it a second time because I thought I'd matured a little bit more and could could do it this time. But I did or I got to the part. I beat, I fought every fight I got in. I grinded when I needed to. I did and collected everything. I think I got trophies for opening every chest. And I finally got to the final boss. And that motherfucker was so high leveled that when he knocked out my final end game characters at 40 hours, I had only done less than 10% damage. Mm-mm. And I was like, absolutely not. This game was not that good. I can't justify sitting here grinding for another 30 hours just to try and get strong enough for this and buy stuff. I don't know. And I mean, they have ways to upgrade where you get more perks and skill points and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you have to normally find stuff that unlock that. Not, I found everything. I've I done everything. I made sure I did. <laughs> and I still wasn't strong enough. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And I, I was upset because I wasted all that oh, time. I, I could feel that. It was what it was. But I uh, I think they actually released a version of it for the Switch. And I, uh, I don't recommend it unless you just want something to grind in your spare time. And I don't see this being a fun grind like grinding in dragon quest 11 was fun you had eight different characters you had all these different skills and stuff to work on and improve and your skills sphere trees were incredible all kinds of stuff to unlock but these guys are not and it's not to mention real quirky awkward harem dialogue and this one weird creepy dude and that (laughs) that tried to obsess over one girl. It, it was weird. It, it was a weird game all over. That sounds like weird anime shit. So, so what, what about you, Steven? You got your game or do you need me to, uh, I can rant about another. No, one. I got it. I got okay. it. I, I went, I went through a, I went through my switch and I went through another list of my games and I, I found the one and, uh, you know, I mean, it's not too surprising, but this one is uh, 
it's rough for me to admit because I love Fire Emblem, but Fire Emblem Warriors was the worst thing oh, I touched this year. It's awful. Like, it's look okay. So with a little bit of grain of salt here, like it's warrior games, so it's always like hack and slash and things like that. But there are warrior games that are fantastic. The Hyrule Warriors warrior genre game is is great. Mm-hmm. Warriors Orochi is for the most part pretty damn good. I've played Gundam. Oh, what is it? Gundam Dynasty Warriors. I have played Sengoku Basara. I've played a lot of these types of games that are quality or at least just the right level of just addictive gameplay and and fun charm. This was not that. They, they had terrible, and I mean terrible, voice acting for the main original characters in it. And it, the story was just so cheesy. Like, it really took me out of the experience. Like, I, I understand, like, okay, now I get to play my, my favorite Fire Emblem characters and, like, a fun hack and slash sort of thing. But I just really couldn't take it seriously. And yeah. I remember I remember being part of the way through the game and being like, I just don't care anymore. And I and I turned it off like and, and you know this is a like this is a Nintendo first party kind of thing like it's like it's Fire Emblem, Tharge is on there, those thick thighs are on there, and I was like nah, I'm good. Like that's how bad it was. Like I just I couldn't get into it. I got that somewhere while I was uh, out on a conference or something, and I was like I think I'll learn this before I do the book club game for three houses and maybe I'll get some insight on some of these guys. And I I played it for like five hours and I was like, this sucks. And like, I I think I'd only played a couple of warriors games, like Hyrule warriors, like two or three of the free ones that came out on Xbox a couple years ago. And Mm -hmm. just, just popular ones. Really. I'm not like deep in it and the mobile suit Gundam ones, but for the, this one was weird. It, It had mixes of tactics and then mm-hmm. you i mean which it's fire emblem you, you should expect it but like i didn't expect it in my warriors game you know and i thought this was yeah. just going to be a warriors game as as the name dictated but it was it was bad i i don't know if there's a lot of people that actually looked at this one for comfort but anytime i hear switch and fire emblem it's always three houses yeah absolutely it's it's a different experience entirely and and i just I just, I, I'm not saying it's an entirely bad game, but it's not one that is memorable. It is, there's just so much about it that I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm so glad that I got it for a discount because I'm like, well, I, I'm not, I, it's not going to be the first thing I play. It probably won't even be the middle thing I play. It'll probably be one of the last things I play because I, I play all my games eventually. Um, I have 273 in my backlog, so it'll probably be like 272. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, that is my worst game of 2021. We clearly have heard yours. Um, are you ready to be put to bed, Trey? Uh, Is it it time to tuck you in constantly? Uh, let's see. Um, (laughs) with that, um, before we go, we are looking at new ways for doing some social media interaction. Uh, check out a couple of the posts we're making on Twitter at Sinco Podcast. Um, let me know if you like them. If not, let me know if you don't. Uh, just, uh, just a feedback. That'd be cool. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, let's be real. We're we're, we're trying new things with uh, graphic graphical uh, design. Uh, we're looking at ways to interact with uh, fans and even do some things like streaming, maybe video content. Um, there's definitely a couple things coming down the line. They're they're long term, so like don't don't worry about it showing up soon. But we we want to be bigger and better for you guys, and we're looking forward to doing more of it. Absolutely. And um, let me see. I'm trying to think of what else I have. I feel like I have so many updates. I have so much. But right around the corner is the new year. The new year is going to be the best time for the updates. A new year, a new us. So I will hold off for now. I will go ahead and get in the bed. What else do you have to say? Look, I've I've loved doing this throughout the year. We we're really creeping up on some pretty good episodes uh, in the near future. So for those of you that have been listening to us for a long time now, or regularly listen to us, thank you so much. We appreciate the support. We're going to be you know out there trying to expand and just stick with us we're having fun and that's the biggest thing and we hope you're having fun too uh check us out on twitter all your podcast places uh maybe even youtube uh we love you guys and have a great night thank you bye